0: All right, what's up, everybody? Episode six. Story, is it six? Five? Yeah, it's six. Six? Episode six, story time with Devin. My co host, Zach, I think he's over there this week. Zoom screwing me over. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, talk about a couple of stories, and we're going to investigate Germany. Alright, alright, what's up guys, what's up guys, we are back for another episode. Oh shoot, I forgot the Thug Shades, Zach. You let me forget the oh. Thug Shades. I need these on right now. Am I even, uh,
1: yeah, I guess it is what it is. How do you get those
0: again? Where do you go? Participants?
1: The button on video, video filter.
0: Man, I tell arrow. you what, tell you what guys. One of the best things that Square could have done right here is put this video filter on. Because nothing else makes me look more like a savage than these glasses right here, all right? <laughs> nothing else. Anyway, anyway, all right. Intro stuff, we got it going right here. We got it going. We got some long, daddy long days with uh, Spooner and I running through college, running with some chicken with our heads cut off. Uh, I know I'm dying. I spent about eight hours today diagnosing restaurant bookkeeping garbage. Um, for what reason? I don't know. I didn't get an answer. I didn't get an answer. So, tomorrow we're going for another eight. Going for another eight deep of straight square analytics. If anybody wants to help, pitch in anytime. Anytime. But uh, right now we're going to focus on Zach. Zach, how you doing this week?
1: Me doing all right. Um, you sound dead. Well, I mean, it was actually a pretty good weekend. My parents came to visit. So, that's right. A lot of fun with that. Got some intramural volleyball. Got absolutely destroyed your in it. <laughs> With your parents? Oh, no, no, no. Ah, okay, okay. No.
0: So you got you got slapped in every reel. Anything else? Yeah. What was it like
1: 6-2 loss? Uh, uh, There were two sets. We lost the first set uh, 25-5. We got a Oof. little better. We lost 25-6. Hey, it's what it is. I've been there many times. And uh, yeah, we never
0: won. Yeah, we never won, so I had a sucky team. That's why I stopped playing air murals. I was like, this is garbage. It's rigged. I don't lose, and I'm losing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, uh, this weekend was pretty, uh, it, was, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I spent a bunch of time with Lily, uh, but overall, other than that, I mean, it was good. Um, didn't get a whole bunch done, which was really depressing, and that's why I'm behind. Um, so we're catching up on the to-dos, daddy to-dos right here, all right? Ah, lots to talk about this week, so we're gonna hop right in. Uh your boy's tired and we're gonna hop we're gonna hop on it. Obvious the first one. Uh obviously we're talking about restaurant stuff here, guys, but we just can't talk about just restaurant stuff. We're talking about current events too. Maybe we're gonna bring you some education. The news sucks, so we figure maybe we could bring you a little bit of the news from a couple of dummies slash educated people, aka Zach. All right? So maybe we'll bring you some news. Maybe we won't. I don't know. So GameStop, financial market shenanigans. Zach, do you know anything about this? And if you don't, that's it. You're just off the podcast.
1: That's it. Uh, I know. I've done actually quite a bit of reading on it. Yeah. As we figured, this man's probably read the Bible and written one by now. What you got? A lot of stuff lying out there. A lot of people don't know what they're saying. Okay. Uh, Tell us about basically, it. Basically, um... Oh, yeah, prefaces. We're not financial analysts. We're not giving you any financial advice. Facts. Facts, guys.
0: Uh, actually, Zach, speak for yourself. I worked on Wall Street for 30 years, okay? I, I was a hedge fund manager of CNM, and uh, yeah.
1: No, just kidding, guys. I'm not we, quite there yet.
0: Yeah, we are uh, rookie. I mean, I've taken a financial class, two of them, and then uh, two, finan- uh, two accounting classes. Uh, I am by no means a genius. The stock market is a beast, okay? But uh, somehow these Robin Hood suckers can figure it out. Okay.
1: So, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Yeah. So, basically to set it up, I don't know how much you guys know. So, I'll start kind of like a stock of a company. If you decide it's going to go up, you can buy a share of this company. So, GameStop, I think it was like $5 for a share. And if it goes up and you sell it, you make money. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, all the hedge funds—they were actually—it's really complicated, but basically, they're betting that GameStop will lose money. Right. So, and it's called shorting. Down? What?
0: Okay, actually, time. Out. Let me let me break down the shorting thing real quick because that is really important. Do you do you
1: understand yeah. how it works, or do you want me to explain it? Uh, I understand roughly how it works. I'm not great at explaining it. You might be better. Okay, I'll try, I'll
0: try and do it. It broke my brain for the first few minutes, too. Okay, but then I got it because, again, the stock market's a beast. So here's what happened, guys. Here's the deets. I'm going to give it to you right here. Uh, David Chaos. All right, here it comes. <laughs> Pay attention. So, what we have is we have an investor. Zach, you are an investor, okay? You want to spend some money, you want to get some change and get some free money back. That's what everybody thinks. You're going to get free money back by just giving money to somebody else. Well, these billionaire hedge funds, guys, a hedge fund, okay? It's like a it's like the stock market regular. It's like pretty much the same thing as just like uh any other investment fund, like a mutual fund, a 401k, a Roth IRA, anything like that. However, hedge funds they are monitored by like hedge fund managers, and I basically it's this extreme powerful fund that has billions and billions of dollars. I think the net worth that you have to have to get into a hedge fund is like a billion dollars. It's insane, you know. This isn't a joke. Um, so these guys pull all their freaking money together, stack up the odds, get really smart people to play with them, and they run the numbers. Okay, so here's what happens. Zach once he's uh we'll just leave the hedge fund out right now, but Zach wants to short some stocks. Here's what happens. Zach calls up his broker, which he doesn't do anymore. He gets online probably because everything's done through the internet. It's no longer you don't have to call up your broker. He gets on the internet, sends his broker a message or you know, gets on Robinhood or whatever Chinese company there is out there. Um, he gets on there and he says, I want to short GameStop five, uh, you know, 50 stocks or 10,000 stocks or something like that, all right? Now, shorting is kind of like selling a stock. The problem is there's a slight difference, which means you're borrowing it and you're not actually selling your stocks. So Zach calls me, the broker, we'll just say he calls me, but he doesn't, calls me, the broker, and he says, hey, I wanna short GameStop, okay? So I say, all right, so I go to my portfolio of funds, and I basically borrow some stocks from somebody that has GameStop stock. I borrow those funds for him and I sell them off. Now what Zach has to do is, in a period of time, eventually he's going to have to pay those stocks back because he borrowed them. It's just like a loan. He's, he's currently loaning stocks. He's literally borrowing somebody else's stocks to pay them back. Now you say, well, how does he do that and why is, how does that even work? And why is he doing that in the first place? Wouldn't he have to own it to like, what if those people want it? Well, that's the thing. We're all in big investment funds and it doesn't like people have stocks where we borrow and share and leave, you know, stuff like that. So he borrows stock. He then sells that stock as he's borrowing it and says, I'll pay you back in a few weeks, maybe something like that. I got you. Well, the intention is people short stocks for a reason because they think the stock market is going to decline. They think it's going to go down, so they think the value of that stock itself will be less than it is currently, which means that they can buy back those stocks and make a profit, even if the stock lost market share and the stock lost, uh, you know, market value. So let's say let's run the instance. Zach shorts a stock. Currently, it's at ten bucks value, market value is ten bucks. So it's ten bucks. He sells them all. He sells 100 shares for ten bucks. He uh, gets a, what was that a thousand bucks, right? Is that yeah. math right? Yeah, a thousand, yeah. A thousand bucks. Calc two, guys. I'm <laughs> stuck. Um well he plans on he plans on buying them back, because remember, he's got to give them back. He plans on buying them back at $3 a stock to make $7 a profit for each stock, which ends up being 70 bucks. Well, This is what they were all intending to do. These Wall Street bettors got word of it. And then, Zach, I guess you can take over there. That's how the short works, guys. You basically incentivize yourself to... You set yourself up to make a profit even when you're losing. Because you can
1: do that very easily. Yeah. The problem is, if you bet that they're going to go down and then they go up, you still have to buy back the stocks. Right. Because the people... So and it, to return them to the original owner because it's just a loan. Right. So theoretically, your losses are unlimited. Mm. Like if you buy them back at ten and then they go up to twenty, you have to buy every single one back at twenty. Yeah. If they go up to thirty, a hundred, a 1, thousand, that's big bucks. It's a lot. So. The- God, you know, God. 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 Uh, so GainStop, they were shorted, uh, one hundred twenty to one hundred and forty percent. So basically, the hedge funds were borrowing more stocks and selling them than GameStop had of stocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good detail. That's a good detail. So all these people on this Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets are basically like, "Hey, if we buy these and they go up, the hedge funds will start to lose money." Right. They got word of it. this, then, this Reddit yeah.
0: forum, which is another social media for people don't know, they got word. That these Wall Street, you know, stop people, as they usually do, were doing this kind of, they were just all shorting the stock. It was almost like insider trading, but not really. But they were all kind of subliminally
1: agreeing to short this stock. And then, go ahead. Then they realized, uh, the thing is, so they wanted to create a short squeeze is basically what it's called. So people start buying the stock. So the stock starts going up. So people who are shorting, they panic. And then they start selling, which drives the stock price up even higher. So in their desperation to get out, they keep driving it higher and taking more and more losses because right. they're afraid that in the future, it'll be even higher and then they will owe even more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's where they got screwed. Okay. So
0: these hedge fund managers, they sell it off. They're shorting the stock like Zach said. They overwhelming hammered over fist, 120, 140%. And then what happened was these Wall Street betters, which is a Reddit group, they kinda headed this charge up and they were like, guys, we're not gonna get screwed over again. We're gonna pull the Patriot card. So they decide that they're gonna go ahead and pull this Patriot flag and they're gonna run across the street, and then they're gonna just buy the crap out of the stock. Well, what happened then was GameStop stock rose from what $3 and some change? And it, it rose. All the way where it peaked around like what four hundred dollars per share. I I think it was almost four hundred. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty dang close. And now it's bouncing back and forth day to day. Where people are, it's yeah. a, now it's a huge gamble of buying and selling. Um,
1: yeah. So. Going. give people some more context. Um. Uh. You know, in the past, you'd have to you know call up your stockbroker. He charge you a fee for buying stocks. Nowadays, there's a lot of uh, apps you can get that they don't charge you any sort of commission fee. Robinhood's the popular one. There's a couple of others like Webull, but basically the thing is they let anyone, you can just make an account. It can be, and you can buy and sell stocks. doesn't matter how much money you have. There's no commission. You don't have to pay anything to trade stocks. So this has made it a lot more accessible to ordinary people. They don't have, you know, just billions of dollars. Yeah. So that's why they were able to buy all these shares so quickly. Exactly. And when you heard up a
0: round of Americans who at least can use a computer and know what the internet is, like, people can figure this out. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, but let's talk about the effects of this. What does this mean for the stock market, Zach? And what does this mean for small businesses, let alone the American people? What are, you, what are you thinking?
1: Well, big thing with the stock market is a lot of it, honestly, is, like, from what I've seen, a lot of it is kind of sticking it to the man, like, people were frustrated. Like, the, the little guy's frustrated. You know, 2008. We can't do it you know, again. What was it? 10 million, 10 million Americans had homes foreclosed. Wall yeah. Street. Yeah. One guy went to One mid level manager went to jail. The executives, nothing. Yeah.
0: And they made it all nothing. back. That's the thing. With oh, 2008, yeah, they made it guys, all back. With 2008. The, the, and they got some. bailed out by the government and so what actually happened here was they got all their like the wall street guys didn't even get a slap on the hand they got their money back and was like yo we can't do this guys like you suck and then they literally just got to ride the stock market all the way back up and so now they're just flourishing and they got they literally just almost like incentivize themselves to do it again so yeah stock market is heated they, they're, you know, earn, I'm saying in, like in the stock trading world, people are heated. Uh, they don't want the 2008 thing to happen again. That's why they're rebelling against it right now. They're going up against it. Um, what this means for the stock market, yes, there's a bunch of ups and downs. Um, so the aftermath of what happened with GameStop, the sky, the, the stock skyrocketed. I don't think we said this, Zach. The sky, stock skyrocketed. Here's what happened in effect. All these hedge fund owners who shorted that stock that now had to pay it back eventually... Got scared out of their minds because they were planning on paying back them with a, you know, a dollar stock, $2 buy, something like that because uh-huh. they sold it for like 10 or 5 or something of that nature. Well, what ended up happening is now the stock is skyrocketing to almost $400. So, let's just, you know, per se, like these stocks also, like people, we're not just talking about one stock here, two stocks. We're talking about 10,000 stocks at a time. Like people have a lot of stocks in companies. Oh, yeah. And so let's just say a hedge fund shorted this GameStop stock about 10,000 stocks. Well, then what happens is now instead of paying them back with, you know, $1 stocks, they're going to take a $378 loss on every single stock that they have to pay
1: back, which multiply that by 10,000x. You got some real problems. Oh, yeah. No, one one hedge fund, Melvin Capital, had to get bailed out to the tune of $2.7 billion. Yeah. billion dollars billion. by another hedge fund. Exactly. And that, that's that's where we're at, guys. And like that the
0: the effects of this could have turned people to go belly up. These hedge funds were started crying about how they didn't have enough liquid assets to pay back all oh. these freaking funds. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't just GameStop. Yeah. After GameStop this the, was the rivalry the biggest came surge. in. It was yeah. another it was other ones that were heavily shorted, like for example AMC. Yeah, it's skyrocketing today, actually,
0: January twenty or February first. Shout out Black History Month. Uh, uh, yeah, today, I mean, I was watching the stock market this morning, and it was at, what, 17 bucks a stock? And then by, like, 20 minutes later, I think it was like 8.20, it was down to $6 of stock. So, um, yeah, guys, this is a vicious game, and you got a lot of players involved. What this means is... Uh, I'm I'm gonna cut it short just a little bit, but a lot of players involved, hedge fund people are crying about it, saying it's not fair. We shouldn't allow market manipulation like this. However, the problem is is they've been doing this for years, and now that somebody else has figured out their game or they have the internet to allow them to do it, they're they're ticked, and you know they're they're heated that they can't, you know that they can't keep playing the game that they've been playing because they're gonna get screwed sometimes. Um, the other part of it is. What Robinhood did in response to this event, right? Robinhood, which is again one of the leading apps for trading investments, everybody keeps buying up these GameStop stocks. They keep buying and buying and buying and buying them. Well, I think it was the next day after the sky, stock skyrocketed, Robinhood comes back and now everybody who placed orders for GameStop stock, they canceled all of their orders and only allowed them to sell stock. So what that is called is market manipulation. They're intentionally manipulating the purchase and sale of a stock, which takes away free market completely. Yeah, just, I will. Go I will ahead, have go.
1: to butt in here. Robinhood connection with Citadel, who bailed out uh, Melvin Capital, the group that to the tune of two point seven billion. But Robinhood did have a legit reason. Which is the way they the way it works say someone say like i want to buy two shares of gain stock say they're each 100 and you want to sell one for 50. Mm robin hood has to put up 50 dollars to guarantee it in Mm -hmm. case i do not have money okay so basically it's rising so fast that the brokerage firm that uh robin hood trades through would not allow them to trade robin hood's had to take about i think like two and a half billion dollars in infusions just to be able to keep trading Hmm. so so right what
0: i what i had listened to was uh and this is on site i mean i didn't go in and look and whole deep research oh no, this is
1: new information they they were too that? embarrassed to say oh we ran out of cash so then they handled that? it in the worst way possible saying we're protecting you because you're not smart enough to trade when was that spoon robin hood
0: yeah when did when did they come out with that information
1: uh, they came out with a little later in their blog post. Also, um, I've seen some Was stuff. Was that today Basically, though? I th- might have been yesterday. Um, Maybe yesterday. Okay. But they well, clarified it a little bit. So I will say it is market manipulation, but it's not the same malicious intent that it seemed at first. Right. Right. So, yeah. And 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 here is what uh.
0: I listened to an interview with the CEO, I believe, or uh, Vlad um, of Robinhood CEO, of Robinhood, or he's a high exec. Of, I I don't even know. I'm sound stupid. Yeah, right one now. of the co-founders. Co-founders, and uh, basically they was he was getting questioned all about this, you know, and. The problem at stake was he said that we were at risk of a financial catastrophe happening, a.k.a. 2008 is what he was saying, Uh, because if these hedge funds go belly up, then the trickle-down effect of them and their businesses and their retirement funds that they withhold inside of them could just completely flop all over the place, and then the economy basically starts to crash. Well... Here's the issue with that as he's being questioned about it you know reason after reason he basically didn't he just said that he was protecting everybody as, as spoon kind of just said but um, they asked him was like is liquidation a problem and he replied no he said liquidation wasn't a problem so if liquidation wasn't the problem when he said it from my like from what I heard the source and stuff that I was listening to um, this was like the th- uh, like two days ago I was watching this. So it may be outdated now, this new stuff may be out, but he said liquidation wasn't a problem, they were okay and um uh, and if that was the case, it was basically in Robinhood's control to do this or not. So new information may have came
1: out, whatever. I'm just that was what I know uh as of a couple of days ago. Um yeah, no, because they've had I think at this point 2 billion dollars of extra cash raised just to keep trading. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now I believe they allow people to buy certain amounts of GameStop stock mm-hmm. currently. However, you know, we're they're just waiting. It's it's this whole waiting game. They're trying to let the market settle down. Uh, and it ain't happening. These people are really killing. Yeah. They're just AMC skyrocketing, Nikon or Nokia, I mean. Um, Freaking, what's the other one? There's another one skyrocketing. Ah. Uh.
1: Yeah, there's a couple others. Those those are the three I remembered. Um, yeah. yeah, so
0: big stuff, guys. And how does this affect us, the people, and how does this affect small businesses? A few ways. One, the biggest way is this is still on the folds of coming undone. And here's the consequence. It could possibly lead to a market crash. We all know this, right? But the reason that I believe people are doing this is because it's the same reason that um, – You know, it happened in 2008. It's like they got caught in the middle of what they were doing, and now they're ticked about it. And so now these people are telling – basically these investors are like, we're not going to let this happen again, and you guys are going to learn, right? My response to it is, to be honest, I I don't really care. It's What is going to happen is going to – you know, what's going to happen? We're in the age of internet, you know, so there's no – it's not like this stuff just can't happen unless we become, uh, I was listening to a pod by, or uh, a short clip by Gary Vee and he was talking about on CNBC, he's like, guys, unless we become more towards the communist regimes like, you know, China and Russia and places like that, like unless we start going to that kind of regulation, we're not going to be able to regulate this free market of internet and communication because people aren't going to talk. I mean, they still even talk when insider trading is a federal offense. So by these Wall Street bets, people are calling for the regulation of platforms like Robinhood, Wall Street bets on Reddit, uh, certain, you know, all these just crazy regulations. And um, the the truth of it is, guys, unless the government starts to possess all these businesses and we start leaning towards more like communist regime, it's not really going to happen. The censorship of social media starts riding a line that's really fine anyway. And now we're getting into like regulating, you know, markets and things like that. So, you know, it's
1: it's the internet. Yeah. And I don't know, though. What's up? I mean, AOC and Ted Cruz both agreed to, they wanted to regulate Robinhood after Robinhood did stop the trading. Yeah. Well, that's Ted Cruz. We'll go with anything that he can get a couple of bonus cookie points well, it's on.
0: It's also AOC, you know, leading. Yeah, she also will. anything to get in the news she'll just be like ah I think men are dumb and then next thing you know uh, that's her and Ted Cruz are suckers for the media oh yeah dude yeah they gotta play that game you know gotta play that game so anyway guys um, what does this mean for you and your small business Uh, pretty much nothing Um, it's out of your control nobody cares about it honestly and it is what it is to be straight so what can you do about it Read up on it, study it, maybe check it out, maybe invest a little bit, maybe you come back with some cash. I'm I'm just like sad that, you know, everybody came in late usually, and then a lot of people have lost, a lot of people have broken even, a lot of people have won some, but at the end of the day, it's really hard to play those games of up and downs because, uh, you know, you don't know when people are going to sell. And then you wait for it to ride down a little bit and you get scared. You sell off real quick and then you get screwed. Or if you don't sell off, you you stay in and then the stock market drops below its knees and you're crap. You know,
1: so. Yeah. I mean, if it was easy, they wouldn't try paying all these people millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And these people would actually be able to predict the stock market. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, is it a two, another 2008? We're on the verge of it. Could it happen? The markets the market's been pretty fragile as of right now. Yeah, it totally could happen. Um, do I think it is? Uh, no, I think no. society's going to suffer from a lot of other consequences in the next upcoming months. But honestly, it is what it is, guys. Ah, uh, uh, Any more on that? You got anything, Zach?
1: Um, I don't think so. Pretty much everything. I mean, last thing is gain stock, big risk. You don't know if it's going up or if it's gonna crash. Yeah. Same with AMC. Again,
0: this morning, eight o'clock, AMC was at 17 bucks a stock, performing like crazy. And as soon as 20 minutes later came along, it was down at six bucks.
1: Yeah. So just know that if you're doing this, it's basically gambling. Oh hundred. So don't put your yeah. hundred percent gambling all the way um yeah just be aware of that it's it's gambling no one knows no one knows is gonna happen so yeah yeah and uh you know just another
0: point on regulation i just you know i want to go over that again i just guys I, I i think when people start to see it they'll realize like once people start to realize that we are at the age of the internet and the middleman is no longer cut out guys 20 years ago when free market trading was allowed it was $200, 500 $1,000 just to make one transaction in the stock market. Just to do that, I mean, nowadays it's free. A couple of years ago it was five and 10 bucks per transaction, but it's free. So with all these YouTube tutorials online, I mean, just just leave it at YouTube. Anybody can do basically anything and um, it's pretty simple to figure out. So these hedge fund guys, am I worried about them? No. They're billionaires, and uh, billionaires never lose. That's how they got to be billionaires. So um, they'll figure it out, and uh, they'll just have to find another loophole to fall through. And uh, that's how it always falls out, guys.
1: So what's next? What we got next? Zach, you found this next one, right? Yeah, more local news. I found Quincy Media Incorporated is sold to Gray Television. An Atlanta based media comp or and a media company based out of Atlanta. So Quincy Media Incorporated. The big thing is WGEM. Yeah. That's all WGEM, all their new stations. Also includes the Herald Wig, but apparently they're actually not being sold. So I'm not sure what's happening to the Herald Wig. Um and this is all for 925 million dollars in cash. Nine
0: hundred and twenty-five million. Yeah. C- c- cash refunds, guys. Cash transactions, all right? Um, what a time. So, yeah, if Quincy Media, did it list any other companies in that article about who else, like what other companies they owned or anything of that nature? Um, the big point here, guys, is WGM. And obviously, this is small news if you don't yeah. understand. But what we're looking at here, I mean, who knows the motives of this transaction, truly? Mm-hmm. But uh, we're moving, again, back to that internet age, guys. Like, it's getting harder and harder to produce content. And, uh, you know, sometimes no. it's, it's hard. And so, okay. go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's all TV and radio properties, which serve 16 markets.
0: Mm. All TV and radio. Yeah. So, we're talking about yeah. 105.1 and uh, maybe another station. I forget if WGM owns another station. Yeah. Uh,
1: and they have, um, like... They have played like and with this. Um, the new company will have. I'll uh, be able to reach twenty five percent of all U.S. TVs. Dang. So. Does it say anything yeah.
0: about uh any kind of restructuring or anything like that? Uh, closure does, or anything.
1: It does not appear. Um, yeah, it does not appear to say what kind of restructuring will take place. Yeah. It also does not say what will happen to the Quincy Herald wig, as well as the Hannibal Courier Post, which is a newspaper based in Hannibal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, if you didn't know, uh, newspapers are going out of business.
0: Um, <laughs> newsflash. OK, put that in the paper. Uh, nobody would read it, but uh, put it in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, here's the problem, guys. Newspapers are going out of business. I live in currently I live in Birmingham, Alabama. And I mean a population of nearly two million people, and they haven't had a newspaper in some years now. And their really? newspaper, yeah, and their but newspaper Oxford that they do has have. A, Oxford
1: that? has a newspaper. Its, they, its staff has continu- have been continually cut, but Oxford actually still does have a, I think, a weekly paper at this point, which is sad because so the, they do have a paper. It's a three day oh, paper. Okay.
0: AOL dot com, right? AlabamaNews.com, AOL.com. Huge news organization. It was actually one of the, like, trending news organizations in America at one point. And they've cut it down to a three-day newspaper. And uh, most of it's digital, online, and all that crap.
1: So, uh, yeah. Pay attention, guys. Uh, Pay attention. sad because whenever a newspaper closes in a local place, corruption goes up. Why? Yeah. There's, no one, there's no one to report it. No one. Like, that's the problem. So, like, they're important, but... No one's really figured out a good way to save local newspapers. Yeah, and I mean, Zach,
0: you tell me this all the time, and I, I do think it's interesting. I just when's the last time you heard that statistic? And if so, give me some context around it in this new technology age. Right, we're living in an age of instant gratification, social media, fast paced. Now here, Twitter feeds going off the stream. What do you think about? Do you think social media is taking away some of that uh, some of those issues?
1: I think social media has taken away the attention the problem with social media is it has to go viral to matter right even locally so you know? The problem is like I think the fundamental issue is that it's no one's job to investigate all these mm. things and For example if you want to interview the president if you want to get into the White House You need a press pass you can't just mm-hmm. be an influencer that wants to interview the president it so it's the same kind of thing. There well, then you just some, go
0: sit down and have a conversation with Donnie T. That's what happens. Go play some golf.
1: Yeah, but I think the thing, the biggest thing is there's no one to really... Like, that's the biggest problem is social media is bite-sized, so it can not educate people, but sometimes it does lose some of the nuance. And one person running on social media won't be the same as a dedicated news team. No, yeah. I actually first... Heard this quote, uh, actually, in the BBC. Recent? A year? Two years? Three years? Uh, It was probably, at this point, probably about 2018, honestly. It was a while ago. Okay. There's a couple other adverse effects besides local corruption. That was the one I remember being the most distinct. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we can all imagine local corruption goes up. Newspapers are skewed as it is. I mean, just as much media. Local
1: news doesn't sell. That's the problem. So, it's just national brands, like. New York Times, Washington Post, maybe the LA Times. They consolidate yeah, I, the market. Guys, that's why we're doing what we're doing right here. All right, We're trying to put the paper out. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but hey, if it happens, it happens. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, people have seen it. You guys see the papers going down. Uh, it's honestly, if you just fail to innovate, you will get passed up. And in the next five years especially, we're all going to realize those changes if we haven't already in this past year. Uh, What COVID has done is not only, you know, a virus that spread across this country and, you know, sabotaged our lives for over a year now. Um, It's done something much more significant, which is boosted the technology age, uh, has turned years into months in technological growth worth. So the speed in which we have adapted hasn't grown increasingly fast, uh, exponentially faster than it was even growing, which was exponential to begin with. So, I mean, if you think about it, it would be like, you know, E to the X power to to the X power. Like, I don't even, you know, it would be insane. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, news. It's news, you know. What does this mean for WGM? I don't know. They're probably just going to, you know, continue running operations. Um, just a money acquisition trade. So, cool stuff, cool stuff. Uh, was
1: it, the, I think it was locally owned before that, right, Zach? Yeah, the whole media group was owned by, um, yeah, the whole media group. It was uh, actually uh, owned by the Oakley and Lindsay families. Mm. And right. then, yeah, they own the majority of it. And many family members uh, serve on the board hmm. or are employed by the company. Mm-hmm. And the CEO, current CEO is Ralph M. Oakley. Mm. Okay. I know some Oakleys. We know some Oakleys. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Do I know those Oakleys? I don't know. Probably. Maybe not. So, if you're listening, we got you. Uh, let us know if we can do anything for you. Spooner and I would be delighted to cover something. oh uh, Anyway, next thing. Uh, next thing up. Uh, I guess we'll jump down one. Um, I mean, Zach, you know more about this than me, but breaking news: apparently, with this COVID vaccine, we've had a solid, sick rollout of, uh, you know, needle sticks, if you know what I mean. Uh, so people have been getting shot at the right angles, at the right times, with the right fluids. Um, and this is an interesting talking point for real guys, but uh, you know, you got to get that juice. You got to hopefully not die. Um, so Zach, tell us about this a little bit, if you know any context or yeah. anything about it. I know
1: a little bit. Like I've seen it from actually the Herald Wig, uh that there has been good vaccine rollout and I can confirm this anecdotally. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you got? um my parents, my dad was actually able to like, you know, schedule a time because uh because uh, the job he works, he qualified uh to receive the vaccine. And he was able to schedule a time and like uh and then Because he won on X-Day, I don't remember if he got the Pfizer or the Moderna one, but they're like, okay, you got this one, so you have to come back this week, this time, and we'll make sure you get the right booster vaccine. And it took him 30 minutes. Yeah. And like 15 minutes is just like, I think, waiting after he got the shot. Yeah. So super super simple, super easy, really great rollout. Yeah. Well, sick. I I can confirm anecdotally, other places are not doing nearly as well with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: we got a bunch of problems going on. Um, the The most hilarious part, but also saddest part of the whole thing is we've had over a year to prepare for this execution, guys. And once all of these city states or what have you got these vaccines, um, a lot of them just flat out failed execution. Uh, but oh, What yeah. else we expect for the government? You know, um, can't expect them to do too much. Not like doing their jobs or anything would help. But, uh, yeah, so um, I can relate to this on a couple stories. I do know I was listening to uh, a good uh, podcast of mine, and he relays from the local news as well. He said that he went to go take his parents to get signed up for um, the vaccine, and he lives up in New York, which obviously one of the leading places that that this vaccine needs to be executed. That rollout was botched. And Cuomo has absolutely just... Destroyed this whole rollout. Uh, or I guess it's the mayor, maybe. I don't, I forget who controls it exactly. I don't know if he destroyed it. But. Um, yeah. But I mean, Cuomo's related to it in some way or another. No surprise. <laughs> um, and essentially, in New York, for his parents who are 60s and 70 years old and high risk at an ultimate level, uh, they can't get the vaccine until May, April, late April. And they have to travel four hours north to get it. Just to get the vaccine. So, in other news, uh, I was talking to my brother about this, who does work in a, you know, congressional office in Missouri. He works for the state capitol. And um, here's something that I didn't know and they don't tell you. Um, and currently, I believe it's still in the News Act. Correct me if I'm wrong. Vaccine shortages are breaking all across America. And I guess the yeah. world, essentially. Yeah, there are. Well. Which, yeah. Here's... Part of the problem with it is, I guess, uh, at the Capitol, uh, certain people were able to go get the vaccine. And anyway, he went to he, – he heard about it and he was just going to go get it anyway just to be done with it. Uh, but he didn't know if he could. So he goes downstairs to the place to get it and he walks in and he's like, I heard that the, you guys were giving out vaccines. Can I get one? What's up? And their response was, oh, yeah, sure, come on in, blah, blah, blah. And they were telling him about how it works. That certain people, certain people were uh, notified of the whole, the whole uh, uh, vaccine uh, process that day, and it was only for certain sections of the government or whatever. And the problem is, is these people would make appointments, but then they wouldn't show up for their appointments. And so, because there were no shows, they had all these vaccines that they had pulled out from the day before that they had to pull out overnight to let them thaw out. Because they have to freeze the vaccine. So if they thaw them out after being frozen, if they don't use them, they can't keep them. And they just get thrown out. So we've got hundreds and hundreds of vaccines per day being thrown out because nobody's actually coming to get the shot when they schedule the appointment. And by doing that, you're you're sacrificing a vaccine, let alone a booster. So... A bit, that's a big part of the problem, they said, is like, we just can't do anything with it after we've pulled it out for once. Um, this is all tertiary information almost. So it is what it is. I think this is what's happening, partly and, you know, in part due to its a contribution to the cause. But um, that is a real scenario, nonetheless, at least in a small scale wow. division. So um, it's happening. Yeah.
1: It is <laughs> ironic because my aunt actually lives in Missouri. Finally got like a, like, she's like, uh in her 60s so um you know relatively high risk so is so eligible for the vaccine they had to drive my aunt and uncle had to drive two hours to like an itty-bitty town to find the vaccine to finally mm. get the vaccine after waiting for forever and you know mm-hmm. when they got there they're like well you have the booster vaccine and like well i don't know you may have to go somewhere else <laughs> nice in three yeah, weeks good direction which if you don't get the booster vaccine guys you might as well not even get the vaccine because mm-hmm. it's not going to be effective it's it's still better than not getting the vaccine, but it is a lot less effective.
0: True. I mean, but it, essentially, uh, I, I mean, it's a procedure. So if you don't follow through with it, it's not going to do the job that it's supposed to mm-hmm. do, which could be... I mean, heck, it could even... I, I don't know. I'm not a chemist, so I wouldn't know the answer. But I do know it's... We can all assume it's less effective. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that spoon before we move on? to sketch on to the next uh, rollout. Uh, I don't think so. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, got another interesting thing. Um, I've got one class that I actually like here in college, um, so that's awesome. Uh, last semester, woo! Uh, so, for all you story timers out there, we're going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this here, a little case study. I thought it was a little interesting, not going to break down the whole things because you all will be night-night, and so would I, because I'm a little bit tired right now. Um Uh, basically Aldi, which probably most of us are familiar with, um, at least we've seen it, maybe we don't go to it, but Aldi's been a very great, like groundbreaking company for a while now. Uh, it's quite interesting when I actually started learning about them for the longest time, I thought they were just like a piece of crap company for like old people to go to and like, you know, it was cheap, kind of like garbage, but Aldi is actually, you know, scraping the bounds of innovation day to day. It's pretty insane. Um. They keep their costs extremely low. They keep products on crates and, you know, on the floor trying. I mean, they cut costs at margins that are just unimaginable for even companies like for companies like Target, Publix, uh, you know, even like Dollar General, places like that. Just they can't even match them. The only people that can come close is Walmart because their supply chains are so tight and their negotiating power is so high. However, even them, they struggle with a lot of times because all the, has such a, they create such a limited supply. I think it was uh, in the range of a 1,000 SKUs, whereas Walmart has an insane amount, like 80,000 SKUs or more per store. Um, so they keep limited supply, uh, limited marketing materials, no marketing, you know, the whole shopping cart thing. Everybody knows you put the quarter in, and then it robs you, and then you're a quarter less, you couldn't go to the BumbleGum machine. Uh, yeah, so that's Aldi, guys, and, um, little did you know, a little fun fact for you, uh, they were founded, their first store was in Illinois, and, um, let me get that actual location, uh, Aldi in America, oh, I'm on the wrong article right here, guys, we actually use articles, um, known and trusted sources, this is Harvard Business Publications, um, now, this is something you might not see in the regular, you know, like, everyday media. They might not use these trusted sources. These are what we call sources. Um, they're trusted, professional. Uh, I I mean, Zach, what would you say? Reliable? I mean... Yeah, reliable. You know, reliable, maybe. Uh, yeah, not words that are commonly associated with today's news or social media. Uh, but it's what it is. It's what it is. So, uh, all the operations um let's see here discount retail in the united states discount retail emerged in the u.s in the 1960s and quickly caught on revenues increased compound growth you don't care about that because it's boring anyway um supplementing blah blah blah. trader joe's as many of you know let me clear something up because i've thought this for a long long time trader joe's is actually owned by aldi nord okay and um they purchased a grocery store It initially was in California, featuring specialty foods, stuff like this. It was much like Aldi, so Aldi sucked that one right up. Uh, Fun fact, though, Aldi does not actually operate the store. Um, They simply manage... They don't manage it. They just own it. So Trader Joe's is still almost an independent company, just under the acquisition of Aldi Nord. Okay? Um, It goes on about some more nonsense crap. Uh... Anyway, it was founded in... Let me search this, because it's not coming through. Illinois. How do you spell Illinois? uh Indiana, Illinois. Okay, Batavia, Illinois. I think that's pretty close to us, isn't it? That is the headquarters. U.S. headquarters right. and accompanying warehouse sited in Batavia, Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Jesus, I just said Illinois. Shoot me now. Um... And that was in 1976, so it's pretty close, guys. And it was a Midwest company to start with. They founded in the Midwest. It's all over Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri. Uh, I bet they regret that decision, putting it in Illinois to start with, as the taxes have just skyrocketed. Um, but a couple of perks, a couple of perks coming out of this, just so you know. Aldi has crazy incentives, as cheap as they are. They pay their employees like stupid amounts of money per hour. I mean, the minimum wage is going up, so it was like 13 bucks an hour to start with until minimum wage is taken over now. But if you have a college degree, you get in the program and everything, um, it, you don't even have to be a genius or anything. You just have to be there. They give you an Audi A4, uh, an iPhone, and uh, like an $80,000 a year salary, and it increases hand over fist. In five years, it increases 20 or 30 grand. So it's almost insane. Um, they, they, you know, good company. Good company. Uh, what does that matter to you? I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun to talk about. Zach, go ahead and throw some input in. Maybe not. Maybe just tell me to shut up and move on. Uh, what do you I got? I don't know.
1: The only thing I got is the Aldi Nord, Aldi Sue, different companies. Aldi Nord's the one who's the umbrella company for Trader Joe's. Aldi Sue's the one for Aldi. Yeah. Because, you know. Makes sense. A- they got to make sense. And then in Europe. Yeah, those guys, and, yeah and,
0: and there were so this was a family business owned by the mom of two brothers called Essen Groceries and then what happened was the brothers split up obviously over a, you know, a clear controversy one that was absolutely necessary whether or not to sell cigarettes in the store, okay? This is back in the 70s guys. So Aldi Nord and Aldi uh, Süd were both founded. This is a German company, German based. Um, hurrah. can't say that Naziness. Um, anyway, uh, what else, Spoon? What else? What was that? Um, um, yeah, so it's Aldi. Yeah,
1: that's Aldi. Um, I don't really have any other input. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, but basically two brothers that split up, and, um, they still communicate, though. That's a crazy point. Oh, one of the brothers, I did want to say this, one of the brothers... Um, Freaking, this is the most captivating part about it. This man was, uh, what was it, Zach? He was locked up. Uh, kidnapped. Kidnapped. This man was kidnapped for 17 days?
1: Yeah, 17 days.
0: 17 days and held ransom until he paid, what, $4 million or some yep, stupid number like that?
1: Yeah, and then he demanded tax relief on the payment. Yeah. Yeah, this guy was a cheapie, guys. He paid taxes on that. He was going no. to. Yeah, he, no, he claimed it was a business expense, so he yeah. wanted tax relief on yeah. the $4 million yeah. payment.
0: That was the best part, business expense for his own kidnapping. Uh, what an interesting time. These guys were interesting dudes. They were super secretive and not very public. That's why Aldi's image is kind of like it is. Maybe you don't know much about Aldi. They were very secretive, which is it's what it is, guys. I mean, in my opinion, I wouldn't want to run a business that's like super, you know, locked down, not really talking about much. But, um, yeah, they wouldn't talk to the media. They wouldn't talk about anything. And, I mean, they won't even talk about brand endorsement, really. They just run oh, super low, super lean. They didn't even have
1: branch managers talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can easily be
0: fired and cut out for that. So, it, I mean, it's crazy stuff. I just thought I brought that to your guys' attention. Um Yeah, they would accept no gifts from vendors, no invitations from vendors, no publicity, no public relations, no public appearances, no luxury in the business offices or company cars, but they drive Audi A4s. Okay. Um, Yeah, so clearly some of this has changed, but uh, that's their values that they started off with because, you know, they're no fun for anyone, but yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Next on the docket list, maybe we can just talk about this. That uh, We mentioned this earlier. The digital age is taking over, guys. I read this article. I sent it to Zach. We chopped it up a little bit. Um, basically, this guy says that we're dead. He says we're dead in like 10 years. It's over. Yeah. So, um, Zach, what do you got on this?
1: A little bit alarmist. A lot of accurate parts. A little bit alarmist. Saying the middle class is going to be dead in 10 years and it's all over. Um but he does make some convincing points. Um, prime among them, man- people who know how to use computers are going to be very, very important
0: in the yeah. future.
1: Yeah. And people who know how to manage people, very yeah. important. And
0: I'm going to just break down a couple of points because I do think this is important. Um, people that know how to use computers are going to be super important is what his main point was. And the reason is, guys, is because any kind of simple tasks that are operable are going to quickly be shifted to a computer doing them. Currently, what we live in America, we know this as a statistic, uh, our service industries have been growing in America over the past 10 years, really. And we're at 80% on average or above a service-based country. That's where most of our GDP comes Mm -hmm. from. That's where most of our, um, you know, just general production goes uh we're service based and by service i mean you know maybe we're picking up uh you know we're dentist office or we're restaurants or we're you know tourist attractions stuff like that we're really it's becoming a service-driven economy why because we let the kids in china do it for 10 cents on the dollar okay uh but now even china's getting out there yeah now, the, china's now it's getting going there.
1: to the kids in vietnam
0: yeah, yeah, we're spreading the love, guys. Vietnam next is uh, Malaysia. The ones after that, freaking Bangladesh, what? Bangladesh. Um, all jokes though, all jokes, guys. I might leave that in. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so pretty much, if you know what a computer is, that's why. Uh, this is part of the reason. I, you know, me starting this journey, guys. I spent a ton of time in 2017, 2018 when I got hit in the face with a computer and realized what it was. I was like, "Why didn't somebody show me this prior to this?" So the reason that I started this digital age and this digital journey in 2018 was the first thing I realized was we didn't have a website. And as stupid as it sounds for a small town of 40,000 people, where it seems like it's very not important at all, um, and it's a stupid cost to have. It's super expensive. um, You never know when you're going to need it, and It actually ended up really benefiting us, obviously, three years later when COVID comes around. And now we have, I mean, it's objective or it's, I guess, it's subjective to your opinion, but probably one of the best online ordering systems in the town outside of franchise businesses. So, you know, you take out Taco Bell, you take out um, Papa John's. We don't have Chick-fil-A, so, you know, that sucks. But you take out, you know, Domino's, all the good delivery apps have multi-billion dollars to do stuff. You know, we try, I've tried to build our platform out to where it's convenient because I really hate friction. I'm getting rid of as much friction as I possibly can. And so in 2018, I realized, holy crap, this technology thing is really powerful. If I can build a website myself and avoid paying somebody $5,000 to build me a website, I can save $5,000 and I can also control the narrative. When you have to associate... For all you small business owners, or thinking about small businesses, or entrepreneurs, or you know somebody who would just want to start in a Shopify Etsy store or something like that, selling frickin' butterflies or Smurfs, if you're interested in that, if you you can easily start to jumpstart these things. Whether you're a photographer or whether you are you know uh, somebody who sells um, turkey legs on the weekend, you can easily jumpstart this stuff going to platforms. You know, whether it be Squarespace, WordPress, Weebly, all these platforms, Shopify, fantastic for it. It just takes twenty hours on YouTube and about, you know, 60 hours of you ramming your head into a computer screen to figure out what that means. Now, I mean, Zach, you've been with me this whole journey and you've seen the climb all the way up. But when I started, and most of you out there, if you if you've ever if you ever even seen our website prior to online ordering, it wasn't pretty. It was, a lot of people were saying, "Oh yeah, it's great, it's it's awesome." But I already knew from the time I built it, I was like, "This sucks." I just had to learn and figure it out. So, I mean, a couple important narratives there. Uh, one, you can't you can't build a world in a day. It didn't happen like that. And two, uh, this is all about innovation. We're in the age of breaking innovation, and I have tried to. You know, push this as far as I possibly can for my parents, and innovate as much as I possibly can, day in, day out. Whether it be on social, whether it be with this podcast, the video cast, YouTube, the pictures, learning photography, uh, I've done it. And what people are going to start to realize is really soon that this technology thing is no longer a joke, and I think people are already figuring that out. Um, Zach, I've been telling you about this when you look at. Facebook now, I've already seen it. I don't say much about it because I I respect it. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. But what most people are starting to do is they're starting to learn how to take a little bit better pictures. They're starting to learn how to maybe post a little bit more frequently. They're starting to learn how to maybe, you know, put menus on their websites or put menus on Facebook or, um, you know, create a, a catchier post tagline or something like that. And that's the game it is. It's innovation. So it doesn't matter if you have a pumpkin patch or a, you know, Starbucks brewery. You need to figure out how to use the internet to monetize your platform because there is no other way. There is isn't no longer newspaper ads that are going to work for you, even though I see people using them day in, day out. And I think it's hysterical. The returns just don't work. They just don't add up. I don't. I can't remember the last time I picked up a newspaper and read it, other than right now for this podcast, um, which was online. It wasn't even a physical newspaper. <sighs> so, um, yeah, and I mean Zach. I mean you can jump in anytime.
1: time. Um, Technology is important. You know, um, it's everything. Yeah, it's it's the future. Whether they like it or not, the future is coming. And yeah. Covid's really jump started that. Yeah, and guys, I got Zach wrapped up in it.
0: I, I got this man wrapped up in it. He, he was on his way, you know, changing paths um, in engineering. And then next thing you know, um, I talked his head off so much, and he started reading, or I guess one of the other happened first. I think he started reading first. He, he technology across his plate, and he realized, wow, this stuff's a little bit interesting. And so, you know, Zach now, is he's, he's captivated by the same industry that I was. And I was just a physical laborer. You know, I thought I could work hard enough to outwork anybody and I would be good. Until I realized when you can leverage the power of computers, just like this article said, when you can learn to leverage the power of computers, that's what's going to be important. Because they can figure out how to make computers calculate numbers. They can figure out how to make computers flip patties, take people's orders. They can figure out how to make computers respond to you in a conversation. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll talk about something else in a second, but what they need to learn how to do better is somebody needs to be able to figure out, and we're talking about human beings here, how to figure out how to use those computers, how to use that machine learning, how to use all of that, how to utilize it better. And you got to be a smart duck to do that. So, um, yeah, uh, Zach, have you heard about? I think I shared this with you. Have you heard about OpenAI? Uh, this API, basically. This new AI learning that is pretty much transcending the world right now, but nobody really knows about it. They will in about 10
1: years. Have you heard about it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I may have heard of it, but I can't recall it off the top of my head. I think I sent you that video.
0: It was on TikTok I saw. It was the GTP3. Um Elon Musk's GTP3 or something is what it's technically called. Um, But anyway, basically, guys, what it is, it's this automated technology. So if any of y'all have used Google Docs, which you probably haven't, but um, if any of y'all have used Google Docs, it's got this predictive writing now. And essentially what it does is if I'm typing a sentence like, I want to go, it will autofill to the store. And for many of you you're probably like well great Devin I, what do I care but but what I want to stress here is this is a formal writing document this is like Microsoft Word this isn't a text message platform this is you writing papers so what the what the API and the uh, you know automated imp- technology is trying to do is trying to predict your behavior based off of your sentence structuring and how you say and how you phrase things and it's learning as you go so, Google's really trying to monetize that. So, if you can understand how that works at its core, you can understand what this open API does, which will be huge in the upcoming years, and I don't want to get too technical here, but what this open, open API does is pretty much what Google Docs does at 100x. Essentially, it's going to take that predictive technology. And guess what and, you're thinking? No, no. That's what, it, that's what it actually does as of today. And so basically if you interpret like you can make this open API not just predict your sentence structure you can have it respond to you full sentences based off of what you're saying if you enter a keyword and you say um, you know uh, how I, I forget I forget one of the examples I showed but if you enter one of the keywords and or if you just enter a sentence, it develops that sentence. And like, let's say you enter a line of poetry and you say, it's very dark outside and I feel cold. It will narrate you back a response and will say, yes, it's cold outside. It will basically be this poetic formation of like words strung together that would like elaborate on what you're saying in conversational tones. The reason this is powerful is for platforms. Reddit is monetizing it currently to where there's... It looks like there's real people and there's whole real conversations going on. But what's happening is it's actually robots responding um, to these things or this AI is what we call it. Um, It's able to produce ads. It's able to write full on like Facebook ads and create the entire ad itself knowing, you know, the information that you're asking, like create this Facebook ad. Um, It's able to write code for websites dynamically based on what you're looking for. So, I mean, guys, this 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 is going to if they can figure out how to really you know, cut this down and shrink it in, this is going to be the future. Everything will be predictive, everything will be uh self-serving and we're going to start axing out a lot of people. And so, where do those people have to go? It's just like Amazon with uh Walmart and other places. They're not going to work in the mom and pop shops anymore. They're going to work behind a computer, or something like that. So, technology's coming. It's coming fast. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. Anything else, Zach? You got anything else? Um,
1: I don't have anything to add to that.
0: Yeah, it's i mean, It's pretty crazy stuff. I've yeah. I spent a couple hours looking at it now, and I mean, um. It just it blows my mind every time I see it, and I'm like, wow, like this is this is going to be huge, this is going to be done. huge, and we're all going to be in for it. So, if you can figure out as a small business or anybody who even cares about technology, if you can figure out how to use platforms like that to monetize your business or whatever it is, you, you'll be way ahead of the game, way ahead, <sighs> yeah. So, um couple things coming up, guys. We've got the Super Bowl coming up on this Sunday, February 7th. That's that's a seven. That's two lines put together to make a little angle at the top. Uh, That is February 7th. That's halfway to Valentine's Day, by the way. Um, I think this will be, if I can make it that far, this will be my first Valentine's Day that I actually have a girlfriend, somebody desperate enough to date me, is what I would say. Uh, Anyway, shout-outs to Lily. Um... Yeah, so we're gonna have some specials. Zach, I know hopefully
1: the days you gonna watch the Super Bowl? Are you into that? Your friends Uh, into that? I'm not into it, but some of my buddies are so. You gonna take a Pixie? Yeah, I may. Yeah. Don't really have a dog in the fight, but Yeah, it's hard to these days.
0: Um but Super Bowl's coming up and guys we got a big special coming on that. Um, one of the things is we're going to do, we're going to be running burnt in burgers as our special. You can get them in counts of six, you can get them in counts of 12, but what this is going to be, this is going to be the ultimate party pack, uh, break out of the norm, break out something different. Don't eat the same food over and over again. Wings have gotten old and gotten boring. Um, our burnt in burgers were some of our most popular, were our most popular item, uh, that when we sold them last year, we sold them for about five days. Maybe it was seven days total. And, uh, no, five days total. And in those five days, we sold over 500 burgers. Um, Actually, we sold 500 burgers in one weekend, in two days. And then we had the other three days, uh, a few months before that. So, you know, these burgers are huge, guys. Um, Nonetheless, if you like burgers, if you're tempted to try it, if you want some, if you want something good, you want something different, you want to surprise the husband, the wife, uh, the kids even – Maybe if you're not having a, you know, it, I mean, in whatever capacity you're doing parties, maybe it's just your family. That's that's why we got small packs. If it's uh, if you're deciding that uh, you know COVID's not real, that's you, man. That's you. I don't, you know, it's what it is. And uh, we got as many as you want. So uh, be safe, be healthy. You know, eat as many as you want. Love that chicken from Popeyes, and you know, it, we're done. Hopefully, we don't get copyrighted for that. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's the special for Super Bowl. I will be announcing the Valentine's Day special uh, probably sometime late this week uh, if uh, Devin Chaos can get on himself. And, uh, yeah, guys, we're in the season of love. You know, it's um, Black History Month. That, that's a heck of a debate in itself. So uh, do we need it? Do we not need it? Is it useful? Is it productive? Is it hate-driven? What is it? Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But, uh, all in all, you know, keep your heads up. We're, was this, fifth week in the 2020, and the world hasn't crashed yet. So, um, you know, the communist regime hasn't ridden in yet. Uh, Still waiting on that from AOC and everybody else. But, uh, (laughs) no, just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Just jokes. Just jokes. Uh, Anything you got to add, Zach, before we cut out of this shenanigan? Um, I don't think so. Any last minute? You gonna take any last minute bets on
1: uh, GameStop, AMC, Nikon, or Nokia? I guess. I bet uh, once Robinhood finally manages to get more liquid, it's gonna go up for a little while. Because I mean, the hedge funds are still shorting it, but it's eventually gonna drop. GameStop's currently a failing business. This isn't long term.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah that that's a that's a little bit of debate. I think it's I've heard a couple of articles. It's not as failing as everybody thinks it is. Just because they have consoles and stuff like that, their mm-hmm. their whole like business structure sucks. Like you know, you buy a brand new sixty dollar game, they're like, "I best I can do is five bucks." But uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't play video games much anymore. But I do know I read that their console sales like really
1: help them out every time a console is released. So oh yeah, no, they're able to stay afloat that way. Most video games nowadays aren't even sold. They don't even have physical copies that you can sell. Right. Which is part of the reason that there was a bunch of shorting going on. They
0: assumed that people would fall for it, and which they did, because it's a reasonable, you know, it's reasonable thinking. However, you know, they got caught. So it's what it is. Um, Make your money. Don't buy a three hundred and forty-eight dollar stock right now, because I guarantee it's not going to go up. Uh, It's only going to go down, and maybe go back up again.
1: Yeah, it's dropped like one fifty actually right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, half price, I think. Get it for half price right now. Just, uh, <laughs> before it goes back up. Um, yeah, so if you guys know, uh, let's see here. Spooner, uh, yeah. Is Tebow going to pull out the win? Or not what? Tebow. God, jeez. Tom Brady. Is Tom
1: Brady going to pull out the win? mm. I think it depends. My personally, I think it depends on how well his defense can harass Patrick Mahomes. Because mm. yeah. it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a shootout. It's whoever's defense manages to play better. Yeah. Brady can sometimes pull out that
0: yeah. magic juice. You know, he'll play. Okay, uh,
1: I'd I'd favor Pat Mahomes to win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is the Chiefs, right? Yep. Yeah, so, again, if you don't know, it's Chiefs versus uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Basically, a nobody team that I don't know and that nobody knows, or maybe I'm speaking over. A lot of people know them. I don't know them because I'm an idiot and I'm not educated on football. Uh, I didn't know them until Tom Brady transferred there. Fact. Most people didn't. So, he got a fat contract out of it, I'm sure. Baseball season is about to start back up. I haven't watched it in, like, four years. So, go Cardinals. Um Cubs, I think they're still playing ball, which sucks. Uh, Can't believe it. Um, I think they're back on another 100-year losing streak. I can't remember. Um, Something like that. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's the that's the news, guys. That's the world. And so, if you got any questions, anything, any comments, concerns, you hate something I said, you love something I said, drop it in the comments below on YouTube. If you made it this far, uh, God bless you. God bless your heart because you just suffered an hour and probably ten minutes of nonsense from both my well, not Zach's mouth, but my mouth for sure. Oh no,
1: both of ours.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, guys, we appreciate the love. I've been getting some some great feedback, uh, personal messages in my email, my, uh, from some DMs. So I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we are on week, or po- I guess podcast six. I am dying trying to get this stuff happen. But uh, we're going to keep going. So uh, let me know what I can do for you. Let me know what I can talk about. Uh, drop the comments. You know, uh, Hit me up on Facebook anytime, anywhere. Um, follow the links wherever they're at up here and uh, we'll see you next week peace